The opinions expressed during this podcast are the individual's own and do not represent those of Wyndham City Council. Hello and welcome to Recently Returned. My name is Emily and I'll be hosting this special episode of the podcast today. Today is going to be a youth team takeover in which we're going to be discussing some um, of our latest YA fiction reads. And today I am joined by Carrie. Hi. And Sophie. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about two YA books each. Um, We're going to be talking about something that we have read and something that we're currently reading. Um, So to kick off the discussion, let's go straight into it. Um, Sophie, would you like to tell us what you have read? Uh, So I recently read Can't Say It Went to Plan by Gabriel Tozer. So it follows the point of view of Uh, three young people, Zoe, Samira and Dahlia, and they have just finished year 12 and they're off to schoolies in Queensland. Um, And look, one of the strengths I think of the book is that all of those characters are quite different. There's a diversity of experiences. Um, Zoe is this high achiever. She wants to be a doctor. She has an older sister who is also um, a really big high achiever and there's a bit of competitiveness or or sort of feelings of inadequacy, um, and her parents are quite strict. So um, at the first chapter is, you know, she's getting ready, she's going to schoolies with her cousins, like she's from an Italian migrant family. Um, and as someone who is from a migrant family having strict parents, I'm like, yes, I can relate to this. This is a, uh, this is a real problem, <laughs> a real challenge, I think, for young people. And, um, and her mum changes her mind at the last minute, and, and she's really upset. But her parents go out to work and she decides no shit. So she busts out and she um, catches up with her cousins and she leaves the schoolies, um, you know, in this in this rebellion against her parents. And then um, Samira is, you, we learn that she hasn't been at her school long. I think she just went there for year 12. She's got a group of friends. She's super organised. Like she's colour-coded all of the activities and she's organised the whole thing and, and she's got this boyfriend, and you can tell she's sort of in this popular clique, you know. Uh, but her boyfriend dumps her just before they get on the train to go. Um, so it's a bit sort of heartbreaking. Um, and then um, with Dahlia, she's going with her two friends, um, and they're going because, oh, I mean, they're going to schoolies because they want to go to schoolies, but. Um, their group used to be four, so we one of their uh, one of their group. She recently died from cancer, so they're kind of doing it for their friend. And um, but Dahlia has a lot of anxiety um, and is is managing it. So yeah, we we follow them and through the couple of days, and you know it's a classic coming of age, um, like Zoe sort of coming to terms with. Um, you know, how she feels about her sister and about her achievements. And then Samira, like, realises that her boyfriend was a chump and, and she actually makes really good friends with her schoolies neighbours and ends up spending time with them. And, um, yeah, Dahlia 
sort of works through her anxiety. Um, but yeah, look, I, I did enjoy it. It's very sweet. Um, it was something fun and light, even though it did have some darker things, especially with Dahlia. Um, and, you know, they all have their schoolies, flings, um, and it's good. There's a diversity of um, of sexuality as well. It's not just all straight characters. There are, you know, queer characters as well. Um, but one thing I did find a little bit uh, unconvincing, I guess, but I'm hoping this is just my cynicism, is that Dahlia's friends were so understanding um, and articulate in helping her through her anxiety, and I just thought, I don't know many 18-year-olds who could have dealt with their friend with that kind of sensitivity, especially as they are also grieving the loss of their friend because a lot of Dahlia's anxiety stems from this loss. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it did a good job in, in maybe giving young people a model or, or something or to, you know, to, to kind of arm them if they did come... Um, come across a situation like that but yeah I just thought I don't really know how realistic that is um but yeah look if you're looking for a fun light read then yeah definitely give it a go yeah that sounds great thanks Sophie um I like the idea of like even though um you said that the way that the characters dealt with um Dahlia's anxiety was like a little bit not quite believable I think it's good that like as you pointed out like young people can read it and use that as a tool to kind of go, oh, if I if I'm experiencing anxiety or if I have a friend who's going through this, this is how I can talk to them and respond to them. Um, and yeah, and I think that that's a good aspect of YA fiction is that we can learn a lot from the young people's experiences in the story. Yeah, for sure. And at the end, you know, because Gabriel Tozer, she's an Australian um, author. Uh, she puts some information about, you know, Beyond Blue and all that kind of stuff, you know, realising that it could be triggering for some people or, as you say, put them, like put a friend or family member into their mind after reading um, that. So, yeah, it had some really good resources. And I will say it did that, all of that stuff without being kind of too preachy. Mm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't um, didn't feel like you were being lectured to. It was just a, like a nice story. Mm. Thanks, Sophie. Um, Carrie, would you like to tell us what you have read recently? Yeah, so recently I read Four Dead Queens by Astrid, Astrid Strolt. And I thought this one was uh, a really quirky and light-hearted um, novel. Um, I, I was concerned at first that it would be our typical um, young adult fiction with the conspiracy and murder and another love triangle um, but this one um, just had no love in it at all it, it focused all on the on the conspiracy at hand which I thought was really really nice so this one is Astrid's debut novel um, which is really really cute um, I think the strengths of this book is all the characters were really relatable they were quirky and you really got to know them the novel starts with a 17-year-old Kira Lee and she is a skilled thief within the nation, uh, which is Quandra. And this nation is divided and ruled by four individual queens. There are no kings, so it's a queendom, um, which is another amazing feat. Um, I would have to say one of the weaknesses of 
the book is it did seem that some of our LGBT characters that were featured in the novel were kind of squashed. But that kind of added, I think, to, you know, highlighting their trials and tribulations of coming forward and, and sort of breaking down the barriers of something that was, you know, put in place, you know, centuries before them. So um, queenly law in this case. The novel is told from multiple perspectives with Hera's, Hera Lee's um, being the main perspective. So it does sort of switch and swap. So you get to sort of see what is happening in the present moment and then you get to sort of find out what led up, say like the three to four days prior to what led up to the event happening in this case, each individual queen being murdered. Um, so you're sort of seeing how that came about and then also trying to connect many, many different dots all at once. What I really, really also liked about it is trying to predict where it would head, so trying to connect the dot and then having that completely swept out under my feet and then finding that I'm laughing my head off at these really irrelevant parts of the book where I thought, why am I even laughing? This is hilarious. Um, so I just think those things were really, really well-timed and came together very nicely. Trying to get a sense of the context around the story and and describing queenly law was a little bit challenge. Uh, queenly law was challenging at times. Um, but then as the story came together and you got drabs of information, um, it sort of came together and you were able to sort of relate to the characters. Um, I also like that Astrid sort of made you draw those assumptions together. She didn't spend chapters on describing scenery and, and how it was laid out or where you sort of only got your information from the characters themselves. So I thought that was a really good perspective. Um, so, yeah, overall just a really, really nice light-hearted um, conspiracy that just sort of kept me guessing what would happen um, and yeah definitely just laughing at those irrelevant moments. That sounds really good I've had my eye on that book for a while because I'm such a sucker for YA fantasy um, and I but I definitely would not have um, would not have guessed that there was this quirkiness and humor that you mentioned. Yeah it just sort of surprised me I thought it was going to be you know straightforward A to B kind of Cluedo you know, style, I, I would be able to sort of figure it out. And I'm like, why does she mention this or that? And then you sort of read ahead a bit and you're like, ah, and, and everything just sort of comes together. So, yeah, it was, I, I'm sort of glad I didn't just sort of go, oh, what am I reading here? I'm going to put it down. But, yeah, persisted through. So, yeah, it was it was nice to sort of just focus around what was presented to me in the moment. Um, I did think at first, you know, reading, you know, different sort of, perspectives would trip me over especially with so many there was the four queens plus the two main characters um but getting to know them was really good I'm, I'm kind of sad in a way that it's not a series but really oh. happy that she didn't drag it out <laughs> oh wow so it's just a standalone novel yeah just oh. a standalone yeah which in itself it seems so rare nowadays especially in the fantasy realm always expect there to be multiple sequels yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, so I have read, um, I recently read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Oh, I love that book so much. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that you read it. I can't mm. wait to read it. 
so good. The reveal in the middle, I squealed. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, um, I read this book, um, upon recommendation by a friend, um, and I had kind of carry on with one of those books that I'd seen around, um, in the library and I'd heard of Rainbow Rowell, um, as a really popular YA fiction author, but I'd never read any of her books. So I was excited to finally, um, read something of hers. So the, a bit of the background behind Carry On is that, um, so it's kind of like a an adventure, fantasy, comedy, romance, um, and it centres around a magical school and the protagonist is called Simon Snow and he is sort of the chosen one in this um, magical world. And this world and this character actually features in Rainbow Rowell's, um, one of her previous books called Fangirl, um, in which the main character, Cass, writes fan fiction about Simon Snow and his magical world. Um, so Rainbow Rowell has taken that fictional character and given him his own book. So it's like levels so, upon so levels. So, but did you know that Carry On is basically Harry Potter fan fiction? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's very meta. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, but with a few interesting twists, which make it really enjoyable. So um, speaking of some of those twists and differences, first of all, there's a queer love story at the centre of this book. Um, and the way that it unfolds is um, I found it really engrossing and really exciting, um, was one of my favourite things about the book. And it also kind of follows the enemies to lovers trope. Um, and I think it handled that really well. And it's also, speaking of that kind of quirky humour that Carrie, you mentioned in the book that you read, um, Carry On has a lot of a lot of humour, very, very funny, um, <clears throat> laugh out loud funny. And there's also a bit of mystery at the centre of it. So basically it follows Simon through his final year of magic school. Um, it's called the Watford School of Magics. And um, you learn that Simon, he's a bit of a hopeless wizard, although they don't use the term wizard. Sophie, do you remember what term they use? No, I read it a really long time ago. Um, so my memory and the specifics is hazy. Um, but, yeah, he, he's not the most gifted student uh, that they have, yeah. Yeah, he kind of um, – but, like, despite not being very good at, at the magic, he is – He's been like prophesized as the chosen one that will kind of um, bring balance back to the magical world and defeat evil. Um, and he has this kind of underlying power that kind of bursts out of him um, unexpectedly and he can't quite control it. And that's how he has managed to escape from his so many near-death experiences um, over the past years of schooling. Um, so he's starting his final year of school um, like Harry Potter, he is an orphan um, and um, doesn't have any family, but he has really close connections with his friends at school. Um, he has a best friend, Penny, and a girlfriend, Agatha. Um, but he also has this kind of growing obsession with his roommate, who is Baz. And when Baz doesn't turn up for school at the start of the year and doesn't come to school for weeks, 
Simon starts to wonder what could have possibly happened to him and that's kind of one of the narrative threads that kind of kicks off the plot um, and that I found really engrossing. Um, I loved the the romance, the humour and the mystery. Um, one thing that I did notice is that even though it's set in England, I could tell that it was written by an American author um, because of some of the phrases that the characters say. But mm. funnily enough, um, Rainbow Rowell actually points this out in her acknowledgements and says that if, if the characters sound American, it's um, despite the efforts of her English colleagues who helped her to try and like refine the voice and make it sound as English as possible. Uh, but yeah, like having said that, that's like a small um, a small thing to note in in what on the whole is a really entertaining book. Mm. Uh, maybe I should reread Carry On. So good. And now that because she's um, well, relatively recently um, released the next book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to read it. So there are so Carry On is was published in 2015, um, but there is a sequel called Wayward Son. And a third book in the trilogy called Anyway the Wind Blows, and that just came out, I think, just a couple of weeks ago, really recently. Mm. Um, so I've, yeah, I'm really excited to to read the others and continue on the Simon Snow journey. I can't wait to read it. It's on my to do list, so it sounds really exciting. Mm. She's a really good writer. I really like um, Eleanor and Park. Um, that's mm. another. I read that in one sitting because it was just so so lovely oh wow uh, yeah, recommend that as well well we might move on to uh books that we are currently reading sophie what are you currently reading at the moment so i am reading the river has teeth by erica waters and it's set in tennessee and yeah it's, it's told between two points of view um bella who is a local witch um, and it comes from a long line of witches uh, and they live near a river. They call it the Bend um, and that's the source of their power. So her great-great-great-grandmother uh, imbued the, the Bend with her power um, when she died. And, yeah, so generations of her family have like ma- manifest the power from the river in different ways. So Bella can – sorry, not Bella, Della. Della can make things – she can make things grow. So if she finds, if she can feel a seed in the soil, she can make it, you know, grow into the flower or the tree. And you find out pretty early on that her mother has been transformed by the the river because the power has sort of gone a bit awry. Something's wrong with the power there. And so she's turned into this, this river siren. So when the sun goes down, she turns into this monster that is really dangerous and and volatile and really powerful. So, you know, she's locked her into this abandoned prison to keep her away from from causing harm. And then um, the other point of view is Natasha. So um, Natasha is a young person who lives a few towns over from Bella and she's been adopted by a wealthy family. Again, they've They've got roots in their town going back generations. But her sister goes missing and she crosses paths with Della because she wants to find her missing sister. Um, I will say I did sort of get halfway through and I decided I'm not, I'm not going to finish this book. I think there are lots of great things um, about it. 
I think if it had been told solely from Della's point of view, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I just found the character of Natasha really difficult to relate to. Um, but having said that, it is really atmospheric. Um, I really like the way um, Erica Waters writes, especially the way that she describes the magic. You know, the, even though it is set in contemporary Tennessee, it, there is still a little bit of world building going on, um, and she does that really well. And, yeah, you, you are interested to know, you know, what's happening next. But, yeah, like I said, all of the, the juicy interest is with Della and her world of magic. Um, yeah, some good things, but unfortunately not something that I would really recommend. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally understandable. Um, I sometimes get that frustration um, with books when I'm halfway through them and there's that that um, dilemma of, oh, do I keep reading or do I just stop? Um, yeah, such a hard thing to decide. Yeah, because you feel like you've committed. It's like, well, I've gotten this far. Like, do I just keep going, you know? Yeah. Thanks, Sophie. Carrie, can you tell us a bit about what you're currently reading? Oh, I've also got a um, – this one is Ash Princess by Laura Sebastian, um, and this is the first of uh, three books, um, the second and third being uh, Lady Smoke and Ember Queen. Um, so I'm about halfway through reading this book maybe, roundabouts there, three-quarter-ish, three um, and it's it's darker than I expected. So it has a sort of historical feel, this one. Um, so this was Laura's debut novel, novel of 2018, and it follows the story of a girl named Theodosia. She is obviously a princess, and the, her mother, the ruling queen, was murdered. The land was taken over by another kingdom when she was only six, and these were the Kaiser, which allowed they allowed her to live. So this historical feel has come into it the Mary Queen of Scots kind of feel so I, you, you already get the sense that this is going to be sort of like an earlier period time so talking you know colonizing and and setting up so these sort of harder scenes we're going to come up so things like racism enslaving use torture um eating um murder death loss of a love love bullying um discussion surrounding rape um are, are all part of these things, although I will mention they aren't very graphic or overly explicit. Um, so just, yeah, darker than I was expecting. Basically, the Kaiser conquered the land um, because there are these caves that run underneath um, four main temples um, that the people worship, so earth, air, fire and water. The gems that come out from the caves give people magic, but they can... Also, uh, when their mind can send people completely insane. So if they spend too long down there with the power. So uh, as I said, it's it's a dark story about uh, Theodora who's forced to live among the, her own people um, who ruined her own life and killed their mother. But there's also that lighter side. Now, while a lot of books in, in YA fiction have a, a vague, blurry love triangles um, the one featured in this one is just blatant and I liked that they just put it out there and you could just focus on on their growth. Um, so it, it is a 
relationship between herself and her childhood friend, Lace. And the boy's father was one who took everything from her. So it's really friends to lovers to enemies to lovers all over again. So while it's not groundbreaking or unique, um, I just found it really well written and crafted. And well, it, it is taking me longer to read. I don't really want to put it down. I love the characters so far, the twists and the plots that I've been pre- um, presented with. I I just find the atmosphere of the overall writing um, really well done. And um, I have pulled out a quote from this one that I liked. Uh, we are not defined by the things we do in order to survive. So uh, I'm looking forward to finishing that one and um, hopefully picking up the next one. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you mentioned, so how many books are there in this series? Three so far. I'm not sure if there's going to be a fourth, maybe. Oh, well, it's great that you that you definitely feel compelled to finish the book and to read the others as well. Yeah, yeah. Despite the hardness, um, I think now that I've done a little bit of research and I can sort of see where the author is coming from, it does make it a little bit easier to sort of digest. And would you say that this, does this book kind of fall into the YA category that's for older readers? Um, I would think so. I, I don't think I would sort of recommend it to a 12-year-old, maybe a bit more higher up on the spectrum, like sort of 15, 16. Um, just so that like if you're sort of prepared going in surrounding some of the scenes and content, I think it's, it's fine. Um, I think as if you're not sort of prepared for it and you sort of feel a bit blindsided, um, it can sort of, yeah, really sort of throw you off foot a bit. Thanks, Carrie. And Emily, tell us, what's on your reading list? Yes. Well, this book, it was on my currently reading list. However, I I finished reading it. So the book that I have recently finished reading um, is called Kingdom of the Wicked, and it's by Kerry Maniscalco. And I was really, really excited to read this book just from reading the summary of what it's about. So it's set in Sicily in the 19th century. And it follows uh, the story of Amelia, who has a twin sister called Vittoria. And the two of them are known as streghe, which is the Italian term for witches. So they come from a long line of witches. One night, however, Vittoria is murdered horrifically. And so it sets off Amelia on this, it sets her off Uh, on a path to find out who killed her and why and um and there's as well as witchcraft there are demons involved and so I kind of read this I was like oh this sounds like my ideal book yeah it sounds great (laughs) yeah um and there'd been a lot of hype around like I'd heard a lot of good reviews about it um so I have Italian background and so I was even more excited to read about all the all the Sicilian stuff and uh, I will say that, like, the all the Italian details in there are really, really wonderful. Um, so it talks a lot about Italian folk magic, which is kind of like little things that are done in order to uh, deter the evil eye or the malocure, as it's called in Italian. And so the witchcraft in the novel kind of takes that to the next level. And, like, it refers to... Um, so Amelia and her sister wear these special charms or necklaces 
that are called cornicellos and they are it's basically a uh, a horn and you see them a lot in um or referred to a lot in Italian culture um, and I always used to think that they were chilies because they're often red I was like oh why are they red chilies around all the time um yeah but they're supposed to be horns um to ward off the evil eye so Amelia uh, wears this necklace uh, constantly and she's told to never take it off um and her um mentor I guess you could say um is her nonna her grandmother um and she's a very important figure in the book um and that was really lovely to read as well so all of that I really liked um I also there is some romance in the book as well which I enjoyed um and I also really liked the dialogue um between Amelia and the person who becomes the love interest who is actually a demon um a prince of hell um and we learn about the princes of hell in this book so I found that really fascinating and I really liked his character as well but I had some issues with the book and some of it disappointed me I first of all I found the time period really unclear I didn't realize that it was set in ye olde times until I was a couple of chapters in I found that the writing was really quite modern which isn't a bad thing but it was so it was so modern the fact that it was set in the 19th century just completely went over my head I didn't realize it at all I also I wanted more descriptions of the city and kind of the the vibrancy of the city I found that I wanted more sensory descriptions of the smells and the sounds of the locations in the book um I felt that that was missing and I also found the pacing hard to follow believably I found that the action scenes came up really they often came up really suddenly and they were quite jarring and they didn't flow very well um and I found them a bit hard to follow but having said that like a lot of people really like this book um I'm just one of I think a few people who uh, may have had these sorts of issues with it but like overall it's an enjoyable read um and I'd recommend people to who are interested in the kind of witchcraft kind of Italian folk magic if you're into that or interested in it like I highly recommend it um and you can like read it and make your own opinions and see what you think yeah I mean I'm still interested to to read it because yeah as you said the premise is really uh promising it's it sounds really interesting but also I didn't know that that was a horn I I feel like um in um you know, Greek and Eastern European culture and, and in Turkish culture, you know, they have the the actual eye. Yes, yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really cool that um, the Italians use a horn. Yeah. Is it, is it a horn of an animal or? Um, I think, well, in in the book it's uh, linked to the devil's horns, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, it's kind of, funny and ironic because like you're using the devil's horns to ward off the devil yeah um um, so I think that's what it is but I should like consult with my family (laughs) to really find out (laughs) yeah I didn't know about the um the evil eye for a really long time um and I always found it with you know mirrors in the in the window so I like that you can have those different elements and cultural aspects to the book so I think that was really interesting yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that that was one of the things that I was really excited to read. And 
having said all this, I would still like to read, there is a sequel, um, it's called Kingdom of the Cursed, um, that came out this year, and, like, I am still interested to see what happens next in the story and to read that one and to get, yeah, to get even more of that Italian culture in there. Because, um, yeah, I haven't I haven't come across any really, at least, like, in the fantasy, in the YA fantasy genre. So, yeah, I found that really exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sophie and Carrie, for joining me for this YA fiction discussion. And um, thank you, listeners, for listening. And for if you want more YA book recommendations and updates on all things YA um, at the library, you can follow us on Instagram uh, at Libraries in Wyndham. And one of the things that we do there regularly is we have a YA book of the week. So if you want more YA recommendations, I highly recommend that you check us out. Um, so thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time.